Well, grace and peace to you this morning. We're so glad that you're here with us on a uh, beautiful Lord's Day. We finally get to see the sunshine. It's been a while, but it's nice this morning. Um, a couple things before we begin. First of all, you'll see a crazy little thing behind me. And uh, when you begin to see crazy little things like that, you should notice that, or know that it's uh, about time for VBS. And so we're um, about a month away from VBS, and this is always an important time for us at this congregation. And so uh, June 17th through 19th will be our VBS here. We're already signing people up online. We've got lots of people signed up. Um, if you haven't signed up your children, there's a um, table in the back, and you can do that this morning. But the one thing that we really need is we need volunteers. And so it takes a lot of people to make VBS possible, and you come through every year. And so we're asking again, we need volunteers. And so if you would like to volunteer, please go to that um, table in the back after services and just kind of look and see where you can uh, fit in. Uh, before we begin with the lesson, I want to acknowledge uh, some of the people in the audience, and then we'll have a prayer, and then we'll have our lesson. But to those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hardy path of infertility fraught with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who have lost their mothers, we grieve with you. To those who experience abuse at the hand of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. And to those who lived through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way that you long for it to be. And to those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envisioned lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. And to those who will have emptier nests, uh, in the upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those who placed children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors in our midst. Let's pray. Father, we come before your throne this morning to uh, thank you for the gift of motherhood. And we thank you for the godly mothers who have influenced us over the years. We thank you for their example and for the wisdom that they have passed on to us. We're mindful today of those who have lost their mothers. We mourn with them and ask you to comfort them. 
Be with others in our presence who may be mourning for other reasons. We thank you for the spiritual mothers in our life and all the godly women in Scripture that we have learned from. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, plays an important role in the nativity story that's found in both uh, Matthew and in Luke. And it's through these accounts that we learn who she was. And we see there, we see her faithfulness, we see her courage. We learn that she is a woman of high character, even though she's very young. We know that she was chosen for a reason, and that she is going to do an outstanding job of raising Jesus. Now, the main focus of the Gospels, though, is not on this nativity story. It, it, it opens in uh, Matthew and Luke, but the main focus of the Gospels is on the, the ministry of Jesus and those events surrounding his death. And, and Mary's role in this part of the story is minor. Uh, Jesus is not at home any longer, and he spends a, a great deal of his time traveling. And one of the few interactions that Jesus has with his mother during this time uh, might appear to be a little harsh. It's recorded in several places. Um, uh, here it's found in Mark 3, 31 through 35. And it states, And his mothers and his brothers came. And standing outside, they sent to him and called him, and a crowd was sitting around him. And they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mothers and my brothers? And looking about those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. And so this passage may make us feel a little uncomfortable. It's not how most of us would behave if our mothers were nearby. And so we may ask the question, why does Jesus do this? Well, I think there are several things that we need to remember when looking at this passage. First and foremost, Jesus is primarily concerned with teaching his followers about what is to be, about this new community that's going to come into being after his death. And so we call this community the church. And so what happens here is that Jesus recognizes an opportunity for a teaching moment, and this is what he does. He begins to teach. And we should be reminded that this has almost nothing to do with his personal relationship with his own mother and with his brothers. Instead, it's about how his followers should view one another. Second, this text right here should be viewed in light of Jesus' final words on the cross. And so in this passage from Mark, Jesus is teaching us about what this new community will be like. And then later on at the foot of the cross, we get to see this teaching put into practice. And that's why I want us to focus on this morning, this passage from John 19, verses 25 through 30. And so it states, standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, 
Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. And after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. And a jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. And when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And I think that this exchange between Jesus, Mary, and John is sometimes overlooked. So in my experience, I've heard multiple sermons on that Mark passage, for whoever does will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. I've heard even more sermons on Acts 2 where Peter preaches and and many are baptized and and we often point to Acts 2 and rightly so as the beginning of the church. It is a significant chapter, but so are these words from Jesus on the cross. Behold your mother. And this statement here, it puts Jesus' earlier actions in context. And so we see that Jesus never turned his back on his earthly mother. He never disrespected her in any way. He was always concerned about her well-being, so much so that as he is hanging on a cross, as he is about to die, what is he thinking about? He's thinking about his mother. And one of his last thoughts before he does die is he wants to make sure that his mother... Mary is taken care of. You know, an important question to ask ourselves is how does the cross change things? How does the cross change things? That's a question that we should ask ourselves ever so often. And there are many ways to answer this question. Um, It makes salvation possible. It teaches us to live sacrificially. It reminds us that the evil and sin no longer have a grip on us. We've been set free. And how we answer this question, it might depend on where we're at in life. You know, at one point in life, we may be thinking about salvation. But at another point, we might be concerned with how are we to live like Jesus. And so the cross has something to say to us at every point in our lives. It is always relevant. It speaks to us in every situation that we might find ourselves in, including our relationships. And what Jesus asked John to do on the cross is quite significant. John, from this point forward, is to view Mary as his own mother, even though they were not related by blood. And we might wonder, well, what does this mean? Well, thankfully, the Bible tells us what it means. We don't have to wonder. And so it says, and from that hour, from that very hour, the disciple took her to his own home. And so we learn that Mary was not John's mother in name only. We learn that John cared for Mary that uh, he invited her into his home and that he took on the full responsibility of being her son. And so the cross changes our relationships with one another. Mothers are special people. Many of us have 
fond memories of our mothers. Memories like Bobby recounted this morning. We remember the sacrifices that many uh, of our mothers made for us. We, we remember the nurture and care that they provided. And, and some of you would not be here today if it were not for your mother. Because she's the one who got you ready in the morning and made sure that you were on, at Bible class on time. And she passed her love of God onto you. And we also know that a mother's love and guidance, it doesn't end with graduation or moving out of the home. Much of the wisdom that we have received about life um, throughout the years that we've lived have come from our mothers. And they continue to be there for us when we need them. And and so a, a mother is foundational to life. However, we do not live in a perfect world. We live in a world that is marred by sin, and this means that things are not always as they should be. And so there are some people who never get a chance to know their mother. There are others who may have lost their mother way too early. Some of you may have had a mother who was unkind or even abusive, and sadly these situations happen way too often. And so what do passages like the one that we have read today, have to say to anyone who faces life without a mother, well, we know that Jesus is coming back one day to right all wrongs. But what about this in-between time before he returns? What about right here and right now? Well, the church, although imperfect, gives us a glimpse of what is to come. We have been called to see God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so this works itself out in many different ways, and one of them is through our relationships. You know, you may have broken relationships in your life. You may have lost family members. You may have been mistreated by a family member. There are many ways that family relationships can break down. But the moment that we become a Christian, we are given a new family. And so in the church, we have mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers. And and these relationships are not just in name only. We are to treat one another as family. And so today, we not only celebrate the mothers who gave birth to us, the mothers who nurtured us and cared for us and continue to bless us in many different ways. But we also celebrate the many spiritual mothers who love us and guide us because we enjoy a special relationship in Christ. And so there are many women in our midst who have mothered many people over the years. And many of us have benefited from that spiritual mothering. To be blessed is to be able to name multiple women in your life who have mothered you in some way. And this is the work of the church. It is to come alongside people and to be there for them 
in whatever way that they need. And Jesus' language is fascinating. He doesn't just say to John, Behold your mother. He also says to Mary, Behold your son. And so there is much that we could say about these two brief statements. You know, they're, they're, they're packed full of meaning. Um, but what it tells us is that we all have a role in the church. And so Mary's role right here was to be a mother. John's role was to be a son. And so in both of these roles, there is a giving and a receiving. There would be times when John would be called on to be a son, and Mary would have to receive the blessings that John was going to offer. And there would be other times when Mary would be called on to be a mother, and John would have to receive the blessings that Mary had to offer. And so we all have something to give, and at the same time, we must all learn how to receive. And sometimes receiving is harder than giving, but they're both required. And so to be a part of the church is to take on the role of a family member. And so the church is not a social club. The church is not a political party. It's not a volunteer group. We don't show up for one hour a week and then go home never thinking about the people that are here until we show up again the next week. We're we're called to love and to sacrifice for one another. And so this sets us apart from any other group or organization. We are family. And the blessing in this, and there are many, is that we are always surrounded by family. And so the church is present when we are born anew, when we become a Christian. They celebrate our new life in Christ, and and they help us to, uh, you know, as we struggle to find out what it means to live the Christian life. And they're there for us in all the ups and downs that we face. And they rejoice with us when we are rejoicing, and they weep with us when we are weeping And they're there when we say our final goodbyes and we leave this world. But that's not the end. They will also be there when Jesus returns. And we all dine at that great banquet table. And so the church is more than family. The, The church is who we will spend eternity with. And it is our duty to remember that we have a responsibility to everyone in this room. And so the people sitting next to you, the people sitting in front of you, the people who are behind you, these are the people you're called to love. And on the cross, Jesus said to Mary, Behold your son. And he said to John, Behold your mother. And if Jesus were here today, he would say the same thing to us. And so look around the room and hear the words of Christ. Behold your brother. Behold your sister. Behold your son. Behold your daughter. Behold your father. Behold your mother. And may we heed these words of Christ 
And may we live as the family that we're called to be. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you this morning and we thank you for the great blessing of giving us a spiritual family. We thank you for our earthly family. We thank you for those who gave birth to us and those who mothered us and those who fathered us and our own brothers and sisters. But we're especially thankful for our spiritual family. And we know that we have more than just one mother. We have many mothers and many fathers and brothers and sisters and sons and daughters. And this is a great and wonderful blessing. And so may we remember this and may we live into it. May we live as we're called to live, to be a family to everyone around us. We're so thankful for your son who teaches us this lesson and who also lived it out in his life. We're thankful for how he lived and his sacrifice on the cross. We pray this in his name. Amen.